This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. You can find the link for Dancing You Yarns shop at nevernotknitting.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. everyone. It's very nice to be recording again. Thank you so much for joining me back for episode 21, the beginning of season 3 of Never Not Knitting. It has been nice being on break because I've gotten to enjoy the summer with my family and get lots of things done, but I've really missed recording the podcast as well. It's a lot of fun sharing my knitting experiences with you and getting your feedback, so it definitely feels good being back at the mic. Thank you so much for all the emails that I've received and the Ravelry messages. I really appreciate you taking the time to contact me. Thank you so much. So knitting wise, I've gotten a lot done over the last few months. Two months ago now, when I recorded my last episode, I mentioned that I was working on a new dress pattern for my daughter. Well, I finished that ages ago. It's the new Very Cherry dress pattern that I have available on my blog and Ravelry. This dress was an example of something that I definitely designed while it was on the needles. I had kind of a vague idea what I wanted, but it really changed a lot as I was knitting it. And I was very happy with the finished outcome. It's a child size and it's offered in sizes three months to size six And the really neat thing about this dress is that it has a very striking, dramatic lace edging on the bottom hemline and also around the neck. And it's worked up in the most beautiful cherry red color. This color is so rich and pretty. The yarn that I chose was Blue Sky Alpaca Skinny Organic Cotton. Now remember, I used the worsted weight version of this yarn on my Knit Chickens and the Something Red sweater. So when I looked online and saw that the company also offered this organic cotton in a DK weight, I was totally there. Yarn in the shopping cart, credit card out, done. When I got it in the mail though, I was a little bit surprised. I guess I was expecting the same type of yarn as the worsted version, which was an insanely soft two-ply cotton, but only thinner. And this yarn was nothing close to what I was imagining. Sure, it's organic cotton, but the construction of the yarn is entirely different. The skinny or DK weight is made up of many, many tiny plies twisted together, which makes for a rather splittier, crisper yarn. This wasn't entirely a bad thing, but just not what I was expecting. Yes, it was a little tricky to work with at times, but actually the crispness of the yarn produced fantastic results, especially in the lace pattern. It really showed the stitches beautifully. I was also really pleased with how the yarn washed up. It softened nicely, and that rich cherry red barely bled in the water, which was a very nice surprise. It actually didn't release any color at all until I squeezed out the water, and then the water only turned a pale pink, which is really nothing. It was great. 
I'm always wary of red yarn because it seems to fade so much with washing and it just doesn't look good for very long. It just kind of looks faded and used after what seems like just a few washes. So it was really nice that this color held fast so well. So anyways, the very cherry dress turned out to be very cute and I think it will be a piece that will easily transition into fall because I know it'll look really cute if I layer it over a long sleeve top and some leggings and also red is such a year-round color. Children grow so fast so it's nice to make something that you know that they can wear for a couple seasons. So after finishing the Very Cherry project I started and completed two more children's designs. The first to be finished was Sheepish, a baby to toddler sheep sweater pattern. This one is only available in three sizes, six months, 12 months, and two years, because it has some intarsia sheep motifs on the pockets, and the proportions just made it difficult to offer the pattern in a large size range. Plus, I think the look of the design is definitely more geared towards the littler ones. But anyways, the yarn that I use for this sweater is one of my absolute favorites, Sublime Organic Merino DK. And let me just tell you right now, this yarn is wonderful. So wonderful that I'd like to do a complete review of it sometime on an upcoming episode. So that's all that I'm going to say about it for now. But just know that it is awesome. So I had a bag of this Sublime Merino in my stash in mind for a women's cardigan design because basically I would like to cover myself head to toe in this yarn. But when I swatched the stitch pattern in the yarn for the sweater, I realized that I really needed a yarn with more drape, like an alpaca or something for that sweater. So basically that beautiful organic merino just sat around for a while looking pretty. Meanwhile, when I went and visited Portland back in June, I picked up the cutest handmade sheet buttons at a yarn shop. So when I was home from my trip, I was sitting around on the floor of my office looking through my stash and checking which yarns I could use for these awesome new buttons. And then it hit me in a major way. There were the sheet buttons, there was that lovely organic super soft merino wool, and it was just a perfect match. The buttons belonged with that yarn, and the yarn belonged with the buttons. Not only are the colors extremely complementary, but the idea of making a sheep-themed baby cardigan out of this awesome natural wool really spoke to me. So to make this sweater truly a sheep sweater, because I knew that everyone who made it might not get the sheep buttons, so I wanted it to be sheep-like in other ways as well. So to make it truly a sheep sweater, I added front pockets with little sheep motifs on them and they face each other when the cardigan buttons. And the sheep are knit in a contrasting color using the intarsia method. I knit the sheep themselves using an off-white angora blend yarn called Cascade Cloud 9. So that way the sheep really stand out more and have a fuzzier texture than the rest of the sweater. And I think it looks really cute. This sweater is all knit up in one piece and even the pockets are knit into the sweater. There's just a tiny amount of finishing work but it's very minimal. At the end, you have to stitch the pockets down on the wrong side, but not that bad. 
The other great thing about this little sweater is that it can be worn by a baby boy or a baby girl. So this would be a really cute thing to make for a baby shower if the person hasn't found out what they're having yet. It's really versatile in that way. So the next children's design project I completed was the pattern Chloe, named after the new Spud and Chloe yarn that I used. This new line, Spud and Chloe, is from the Blue Sky Alpaca Yarn Company, and this is a really cute new yarn line that I will be reviewing in depth in the next segment. This little sweater that I created is a short-sleeved cropped cardigan worked in stripes, and it has little puff sleeves and a ruffle around the bottom. Just like all the other patterns, it's worked in one piece, this time from the top down, and I alternated different colors of the Spud and Chloe yarn every two rows. This pattern is super basic, and this would be perfect for a beginning knitter. It also goes very quickly. I had this little cardigan knit up in just a couple of evenings. And have you also noticed that when you're working in stripes, your knitting seems to go faster? I love stripes for this reason. It keeps your interest and you're able to set goals like, ooh, I'll keep knitting until I get to the green stripe. And also, you're able to keep track of your progress. You can look down and realize that you've knit 10 stripes in one evening. When you're working with a solid yarn, it's so much harder to see how much you're actually accomplishing. So stripes are really fun because of that. So because of the stripes and the easy construction, I would call Chloe a fun to knit beginner pattern. It's also worked on size eight needles with worsted weight yarn, which also really helps it to go faster. Because of the style, I thought that this pattern could be suited for a variety of ages. So the size range on this particular one goes from an infant size all the way up to a girl's size 12. So if you have a little girl at home, this is a pattern that you could potentially knit over and over in different colors every year and get a lot of use out of. Okay, so now we're pretty much caught up. Those are my three main knitting projects since I've been on the break. Currently, I'm working on a few more designs, but to avoid boring you to death, I'm gonna share more info about them on the next episode. So another fun thing that happened while I've been on break is a new online knitting magazine came out and it had one of my patterns in it. Very exciting. This new site is called Petite Pearls and the editors of Petite Pearls are Brandy Fortune and Allegra Wormuth. And you might recognize Brandy from her Pixie Pearls blog and podcast. And I've gotten to know Brandy and Allegra a little bit more since I've worked with them on the premiere issue of Petite Pearls, and they're both really nice. And I'm totally impressed that Brandy was able to design this whole website and logo by herself. So cool. Brandy and Allegra are two working moms who are friends, and this site came about when they noticed that there was really a lack of knitwear design for toddlers on the internet. So they put together Petite Pearls, which is a site dedicated to free knitting patterns for babies and children only. And I thought that the premiere issue turned out really cute. There's six patterns. There's this awesome diaper bag that's felted with all this color work that has this matching changing pad. And this is from Marley, the host of the Yarn Thing podcast. There's also this adorable knitted stuffed lobster toy called Jacques Rousteau. 
by Katie Park that I definitely want to knit for my daughter someday. Allegra, one of the editors, created this really sweet toddler dress that's got a cabled bodice and it's out of Debbie Bliss's Baby Cash Merino. That's really cute. And Brandy designed an apple cardigan with an intarsia apple on the back and is done in green and red. And you just gotta go check out these pictures of her daughter wearing this apple cardigan pushing different colored apples around in a wagon. It's so cute. Another more unisex pattern available in this magazine is Pembroke by the writer of the Through the Loops blog, Kirsten Kapoor. Hope I'm saying that right. And this is a really cute little cabled vest done in Dreaming Color Classy. And she's offered a really big size range on this from six months all the way to size eight. So you'll have to check that out. And then lastly is my halter melon pattern. So this was a takeoff of the watermelon cardigan that I designed just a few months ago because really the watermelon cardigan is super cute, but watermelons are really kind of a summer fruit. So it kind of made more sense to design a halter top with the same idea. So it's done in the same yarn, the same styling, as the watermelon cardigan so that if you wanted to make both they could be worn together. So it was really exciting for me to be part of this premiere issue. I hope you guys will all check it out. You can find it at petitepearls.com or you could click the button on the sidebar of my blog. So I've been doing lots and lots of design work lately and I figured that I needed a little bit of a break. So I decided to cast on for the Rose Red Hat by Yasolda Teague. And I tell you, it was nice to just knit somebody else's pattern and not have to think about it. That's something that I'm not going to take for granted any longer. This is a hat pattern that I've wanted to make for a very long time, ever since it came out. And that was maybe a year ago now. And as I've already mentioned on the podcast, when I went to Portland, I got the perfect yarn for it. And it was just sitting there looking at me, so I had to knit it. So I'm about halfway through, and I'm really enjoying it. It's one of those patterns that it's different on every row, so it definitely keeps you on your toes. But also you see this beautiful, interesting, lace floral pattern forming right before your eyes as you knit. So I never want to put it down. I just want to keep knitting just a few more rows so I can see more of it come out. It's a really fun pattern. I definitely recommend it. And Yasol is such a good designer and such a good pattern writer. She has the pattern charted out and written out. And she writes it in a very easy to understand way. So I'm really enjoying working on that right now. And I look forward to getting that done soon and then when the weather cools down in a couple of months I will be ready. Okay so now I think it's time for me to bring on the product reviews. So for this segment I'd like to share with you my review of a yarn in the new Spud and Chloe line. As I mentioned before Spud and Chloe is a brand new yarn line from the Blue Sky Alpaca Yarn Company that offers machine washable yarns in three different weights. Outer, which is a super bulky yarn, sweater, a worsted weight yarn, and fine, 
a sock weight yarn. The yarn that I'm going to talk about today is Sweater, the worsted weight version that I used for my new design, Chloe. So Sweater is a three-ply yarn made up of 55% superwash wool and 45% organic cotton, making for a very soft, sturdy yarn. The wool content and the three-ply construction give it a little give and bounce but the cotton blended in there makes it feel very strong. This is not the kind of yarn that you can break apart with your hands if you don't have scissors handy. Believe me, I tried and it really hurt because it's super strong. So the fact that this yarn is soft and really strong and machine washable and dryable makes it absolutely ideal for children's garments or for someone who doesn't like to fuss around with hand washing. I know that I myself would love to have a sweater out of this yarn. I guess I just love the fact that it's half wool and half cotton. I think that the fiber blend really lends to an all season garment. I don't think I've ever seen cotton and wool blended in this ratio before for a yarn, but I really like it. I think that the yarn highlights the best qualities of the wool and the cotton. It's kind of interesting because when you hold the yarn in your hand, you can't exactly tell what it's made out of. It's a very unique blend. So aside from the fiber content, this yarn offers a good amount of yardage, 160 yards per 100 grams gain. It knits up between four to five stitches per inch, so it's an extremely versatile weight to be used in a variety of patterns. I mean, how many patterns out there call for a worsted weight, right? And also, this yarn comes in the cutest mod or retro style colors. All the colors are really bright, fun, and happy. And of course, I must mention the tag. This yarn is put up in skeins, but has the cutest little tag attached. The Spud and Chloe logo is just too adorable. It's a picture of a little girl leading a big sheep around who's wearing a bow tie. I'm assuming that Spud is the sheep's name. It's just so cute. The tag on the yarn and all the company's packaging is very sweet. And because of it, I think it would be a really great yarn to give as a gift. So for those of you interested in knitting Chloe, the pattern I designed using the sweater yarn, I used three different colors to create stripes. So even for the largest size, you would only need one skein of each color. I picked the colors Popsicle, watermelon, and grass because I'm just obsessed with the colors pink and green together. But there are plenty of other children's and adult patterns you can make from this yarn as well. Spud and Chloe offer a lot of cute patterns that I will link to in the show notes, but my favorite patterns written for sweater are by Susan B. Anderson. I am just in love with the little stuffed frog she created named Ribbit. This is a free pattern available on the Spud and Chloe blog, and it only calls for one skein of the sweater yarn in the color grass. A really clever thing she did with this frog is that his body is really round and it's actually stuffed with a tennis ball. And she did this because she says that now he bounces when he's tossed. So I'm thinking that just about any child would love to have this bouncy little frog friend. Another pattern by Susan, also offered for free on the Spud and Chloe blog, is her watermelon hat. 
and I like this for obvious reasons. Of course, it's right up my alley. You all know how much I enjoy knitted watermelons, and it's the colors pink and green together again, so basically, I love it. And actually, if you made my Chloe sweater pattern in the same colors that I did, you could use the remnants to make this watermelon hat because it calls for two of the colors that Chloe calls for, grass and watermelon. So those are three pattern suggestions for all of you. I'll be posting a link to all of them in the podcast show notes as well as the Spud and Chloe pattern collection. So if you're interested in this new yarn, our lovely sponsor Dancing New Yarns is offering a 10% discount for the month of August on Spud and Chloe sweater for all of you listening who enter in the Never Not Knitting listeners code in the checkout process. So to receive your discount, be sure to enter in NNK1. And Dancing New Yarns has every single color of this yarn in stock. And also, all of you have the opportunity to win a skein of Spud and Chloe sweater, along with a copy of my pattern Chloe. I'll be having another drawing on my blog, so if you would like to be entered to win, please go to my blog at nevernotknitting.com and leave a comment under the show notes of episode 21. But before you do, please visit Dancing You Yarn's site, pick your favorite color of Spud and Chloe sweater, and tell me what it is in your comment. I will be sure to announce the winner in the next episode. So for this podcast episode, I thought I'd share with you one of my knitting stories. I technically haven't shared one since episode three, so I thought it sounded like fun. So this knitting story is entitled Wool-a-phobia. Baba Black Sheep, have you any wool? Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, three bags full. One for my sweater, one for my shawl, one for the blanket for the babe down the hall. Baba Black Sheep, probably be wise for me to start out this story with the disclaimer. I know that some of you out there have a genuine wool allergy or severe wool sensitivity, and I want to make sure that you know that this story is not directed towards you. I would define this word, woolophobia, as an irrational fear of wool, and this is a topic that I know a little something about. You see, my mother has been devoutly woolophobic and raised me for the first 19 years of my life as a woolophobian. I'm not quite sure what led to this problem in our family, but I do know for certain that my great-grandmother was a knitter. So I'm guessing that my poor mother must have been victimized as a young child by an itchy wool sweater. Or perhaps the wools of 40 years ago are not like what you see today. Maybe the softer wool blends weren't available back then. I'm not sure, but I am convinced that an unfortunate wool-related event must have taken place long ago, which subsequently has scarred my mother for life. So, as a woolophobian, 
You live your life by a strict set of rules. While clothes shopping, always approach the sweater department with extreme caution. Don't forget to always check the fiber content label for wool. And always, always remember to attribute any itchiness in your clothing to a supposed wool content. Yes, my whole life, I only heard the word wool accompanied by words such as itchy, hot, scratchy, difficult to clean. So of course, when I became a knitter after I moved out of the house, I steered clear of wool yarn. But one day, all of that changed for me. The day I visited my very first yarn shop, a real yarn shop, not just the yarn section of my local craft store. The selection at this yarn shop was mesmerizing. I found myself fascinated with a particular rack of beautiful hand-painted yarn on hanks. The yarn was a soft single ply that went thick and thin and the colors were so vibrant and so appealing. I felt the yarn between my fingers and, like a trained woolophobian, made sure to look at the tag. 100% wool? Well, now that couldn't be right. This yarn wasn't itchy or scratchy. It was soft and natural feeling. I glanced over in the corner to find a knitted sample of a blanket using this wool yarn, and it was gorgeous. I loved the way the colors blended together. So I decided to throw caution to the wind and buy the hank. While knitting it up, I really began to appreciate the qualities of wool. It was bouncy and smooth and lightweight but warm. And it was while knitting that project that I realized it, it was time. It was time to resign as a woolophobian. What a what would my mother say? Over the next few years, I worked at my local yarn shop and discovered to my horror that my mother was not alone in her woolophobia. Did you know that there is actually quite a large population of woolophobians on the earth? Perhaps even living in your town? Yeah, I know. They would come through the yarn shop doors and I could pick them out right away, just from our first conversation. Hi, how are you? Um, hi, is there anything that I can help you find? Yeah, well, I'm looking for yarn for a project. Um, I don't really know what I want yet, but I just know that it can't have any wool in it. Can't have any wool in it. Can't have any wool in it. Hmm, can't be wool, you say. Of course, this no-wool policy would pique my interest, and I would start asking questions. Then, when I was sure that I didn't have a genuine life-threatening wool allergy on my hands, I began the sly process of attempted conversion. And admittedly, I had a few tricks up my sleeve. My first attack would be some logical wool explanation and education. First, I would take them over to the most rustic, roughest wool I could find in the shop, hold it out to them, and say, Oh, so wool really bothers you, so you wouldn't want something like this then, right? 
Then I'd compare it with the softest merino we had in stock and show them how the different types and grades make all the difference. This unbeatable logic would cure the slight cases of woolophobia. But since some woolophobians would respond to this educational lesson about wool with, well, I can't have the slightest amount of wool against my skin. Wool is just too itchy for me. For these stricter woolophobians, more sly of tactics were definitely in order. Wool trickery. Hmm, so any amount of wool is itchy, you say? Really? Okay. Okay, it was time for the heavy artillery. Wool blends. I would casually walk them around the yarn shop, pointing out the cottons and the silks, but only the rougher, stiffer varieties. Then I would hand them a ball of Sublime's Cashmere Merino Silk Blend, or Debbie Bliss's Baby Cashmerino. Anything that was super soft and not obviously wool. More often than not, they would hold up this new soft yarn against their cheek and comment on how wonderful it was. <laughs> Aha! My evil plan was working. It was at this point that I would show them the baby pattern books that accompanied the yarns, saying, you know, this yarn is so soft, many people even choose to make baby garments from it. It's so nice to work with. I love I would keep talking about the yarn until I could see their eyes filled with yarn contentment and happiness. And it was then that I would drop the bomb. Oh, you know, I'm really sorry. This yarn has wool in it, so we'll just have to put it back. Okay, so maybe it was a harsh approach, but whatever works, right? I was really trying to help them appreciate wool the way that I had come to appreciate it. Wool yarns, they're just not the same, and wool does not always have to mean itchy. Yes, there are those rustic wools that are really rough, and most people cannot wear them against the skin. But there is nothing like a fine-grade merino, especially if it's blended with other fibers. It can be so soft and it's so rewarding to work with. I would hope that every knitter would give it a chance. Wool adds such a lovely hand to the yarn and it's so easy to manipulate in the blocking process. There's really nothing like it. And I've never in my entire experience of working at a yarn shop ever heard anybody come back and say that their wool blend yarn such as Debbie Bliss's Cash Merino was itchy against their skin. So if you listening are a little shy about wool, or if you are like myself and grew up in a wool intolerant family, you might want to give a really nice merino at least one try. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. Over the years, I've been able to help many people discover the joys of knitting with wool. And even though my mother is not a knitter, I'm still working on her woolophobia too. And she has made considerable progress. I couldn't help but laugh the other day 
when she picked up a skein of my sublime organic merino, lovingly stroked the yarn between her fingers, held the ball in both hands, and rubbed it gently against her cheeks, and said, Wow, this yarn is so soft. I would want a whole sweater out of this. It feels so good. Is it cotton? anyone with mohair like yours. Let me unwind you, honey. You unravel me, baby. Baba black sheep are something to admit. There ain't a day goes by that I don't knit. I knit in the morning. I knit in the night. Knit while I'm driving and I'm stopped at the light Bye-bye, black sheep Knitting's what I do Give me your size And I'll knit something for you Hey, come over here Let me measure you sometime I'll work out your gauge Let's cast on, baby Knit together I'll keep you in stitches Knitting's what I love You look like you could use a mitten or a glove Baba Black Sheep Have you any wool? Yes ma'am, yes ma'am Three, three hundred thousand Million, trillion, gazillion Thanks version of Baba Black Sheep was written by Ren Ross, and she's got a great collection of funny knitting songs that I'll be happy to link to in the show notes of this episode. If you have an interesting knitting story that you'd like to share, please email me. I'd love to feature it on a future episode of Never Not Knitting. As a reminder, the show notes and pictures of all the projects I talk about can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to contact me, you can do so through Ravelry, or you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for joining me again for Season 3, and I'll see you next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her
her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry, no pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. The fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The house is burning up in flames Call 911 Her husband says Get up, let's go But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.